My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Tim Melly Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Tim Melly Talk. I'm your host, Art Eftekhari. Really glad that you can join us. And for this edition of Tim Melly Talk, I am joined by Nilofar Momeni, a football reporter and travel enthusiast, according to her Instagram account. A longtime Tim Melly fan as well. Nilofar, welcome to TMLE Talk. It's really great to have you on the show. How you doing? Thank you, Arthur. Uh, thank you for having me. All right. First, you know, let's start with a little bit of basics. So tell our listeners, you know, how long have you been an avid supporter of TMLE, the national team of Iran? And was there a certain player that really got your attention? Uh, yes, it's been a long time that I was a TMLE fan, a national team fa- uh, fan. Uh, since I was a teenager, to be honest. And the, the player that I remember that got me into the games was uh, Mehdi Maravigia and that generation of players. And I became a big fan of him. And um, he was also playing at Persepolis, which I was also supporting at that time. But yes, at that generation, that was a golden generation at that time. And I became very interested in national team games. And that's how it started supporting national Excellent. Of course, Mehdiya Mahdavikia, a legendary player that, you know, TMLE fans always love to talk about. And now involving your work as a football uh, writer, you know, I remember I, re- I recently read some of your work. It was about, a, it was the blog, I believe, called Women for Football. And you talked about the current situation um, with coaches, with actually with foreign coaches leaving Iran. Of course, we know this isn't really, this isn't the news that us uh, Iranian football fans are happy about. But yeah, like I said, so tell me a bit about the writing and the reporting you do on football. Sure. So I've been uh, writing about football since uh, 1998. And so it's been a long time. I've always loved writing in general since I was in school and because I have a passion for football since I was a teenager I uh, really started writing about football uh, uh, when I came to Canada and about 20 years ago and um, I started uh, posting my articles um, initially for goal.com and then um, I other websites such as uh, news organizations such as Football Tribe and, and most recently at the Asian Game and um, also I have my own blog as you mentioned for womenforfootball.com Excellent. So can you elaborate a little bit more about your blog, Women for Football? I'm sure our listeners would really love to hear more and you know, of course visit your blog as well. Sure. So in my blog, I tend to focus a lot on European games, uh, European league games and Champions League or uh, European football games um, and uh, look at it in a more of a statistic wise because it's very easy to say, um, uh, for example, uh, Liverpool is a great game this year, but I have to prove it through statistics. So I pull. I always have some charts to prove it. Uh, and I think that's what differentiated from other blogs. Um, you all you can always uh, find some statistics or some uh, chart, Excel charts in my articles. And uh, because I tend to write about Asian football in other news organizations that I um, work for, uh, in my own blog, I usually write about European football. That's usually where I um, I usually watch the football at. I usually 
watch uh, European football on the weekends and everything. And that's where my uh, focus and passion is. So I usually write about those, um, uh, those articles on my blog. You know, I must say, I obviously did read your article about uh, the about the situation in Iran about you know coach about especially about foreign coaches leaving and you know, we're going to touch more on that later and I really did like the information you provided you know statistics statistics and all you know very very informative and you know as we're getting into that topic you know as we all know the current head coach of Iran of course who was just recently hired is Dragan Skocic of Croatia he was he was recently he was recently head coach of Sanatenaft Abadan in the top flight of Iranian football. Now, as we all know, for a while there were rumors that Ali Dai or Amir Galanoi were going to get their ob- that it was basically uh, communicated and the message was sent across that one of them were going to that one of them was going to get their second opportunity as head coach of Team Meli, the national team of Iran. So, from your opinion, were you happy that neither candidate? did not get a second um, opportunity to, to, to coach Iran? Um, at first, uh, actually, uh, it was never mentioned that Ali Dai was as a candidate, uh, simply because, um, as you know, there was uh, some uh, political dis- um, comments that Ali Dai made several months ago about um, <clears throat> uh, some, of, uh, some of the clubs that... Um, that undermined his um, coaching and eligibility to be able to coach in Iran in general. So there was our, um, our already an understanding in Iran that Ali Dai wouldn't be able to coach at national level or even at league level. So literally, Ali Dai couldn't hold any positions after making those comments. And uh, but Ali, yes. Um, Galenoi was really a strong candidate, um, and also they actually held discussion with Al-Nui directly. Uh, I mean, uh, they, as in Iran Football Federation, and they held discussion with him uh, directly without actually contacting um, the club directors. And um, that's where the confusions uh, came from, and the club um, was the one who um, who was... Uh, Hope did they agree with the uh, with their coach leaving for national team games? And um, apparently, um, what what was the issue was the fact that uh, someone at um, uh, the sport ministry um, actually made the decision to hire Skocic, and it was not really uh, Iran uh, Football Federation or anything like that, and they were not even um, qualified people to. Uh, determine the, uh, the national team coach. Well, I really like the information that you are providing. I'm sure our listeners like it as well. And at the same time, I'm sure a lot of people can't be surprised with just the way things work involving, um, you, you know, the Iranian football, Iran, involving the Iranian Football Federation and this whole process of hiring, of hiring a coach. I think just going through different sources all over the place just becomes tiring after a while. But Really, um, really, you know, it's really great to hear what you had to say. And a lot of this, of course, some of this is news to me. And, as, and of course, it doesn't surprise me that Sepahan was not very happy about the idea of Amir Galanoi leaving the club, especially with how well uh, Sepahan has been doing in the Persian Gulf Pro League. And now the next thing I want to get into involves, um, I believe, your opinion about Mark Wilmots. And this is a name I really don't like mentioning very much. And of course, you, I'm sure you understand that you cannot be surprised about that. So, 
You wrote in your article that he had quit before the match against Iraq. Yet as we remember in that recent World Cup qualifier in November of 2019, Mark Wilmots was on the sidelines for Team Meli. So how much do you think, how much of an impact do you think um, this whole situation had on the Team Meli players going into that game against Iraq? Oh, definitely. Um, it had a huge impact on their, um, uh, on their, um, on the whole uh, mental um, uh, preparedness, really, uh, because they already knew in advance, apparently, that uh, their coach has quit and that they were literally going to the game without any tactique or any uh, preparedness. And it was, on, I think, uh, as an observer, uh, it was very unprofessional um, for him to do this, to quit in the middle of the qualifiers and just leave the team and um, just for the sake of not receiving his money. Um, it's understandable that money is a big factor for all the professional coaches, but he could do this. But then um, Carlos Kairos also had a, had this issue with Iran national team as well for many years, but he would always stand with national team and for the players because he always wanted uh, to make, um, to get great results with the team and not hurt the team. But literally what, um, what Wilmots did uh, hurt the team and it, it hurt the result and now your national team is in a situation that has to win three out of four games in order to qualify to begin with. You know, your explanation was perfect and I think everyone, of course, has to understand that too. And, you know, it's really easy. It's, you know, when you put things, uh, when you put two and two together, yes, we know, like you said, Wilmots wanted to get paid but, like, but you know, but you brought in the Carlos Quiroz factor and that he was always there for the players and that's exactly why Carlos Quiroz had the support of all TMLE fans because he wanted to win no matter what. And I think, you know, from your point of view, wouldn't you also say this is something that, you know, like going into that job, going into the job for Wilmots, you know, shouldn't he have been prepared to under, shouldn't he have been, shouldn't he have been prepared that, you know, things were not going to work out, per, you know, in a perfect way, that there was going to be some kinds of speed bumps? I mean, wouldn't you say he was going into the job just being a little um, naive or ignorant? Um, he might have, uh, but then uh, we don't know the behind-the-scene factors, too. It might be the fact that in the behind-the-scene negotiations, they really assured him that uh, he would have the financial support and everything, and really the the amount of uh, uh, salary he got in the contract was actually um, equal uh, to Carlos Kairos' salary. So it was huge. Um, considering that he didn't achieve anything, his results was uh, much, much worse than what Carlos Cares achieved in um, many years of uh, with the national team. And um, so uh, maybe he came for the financial reasons, but then, uh, or maybe he got the assurance that uh, there wouldn't be any uh, bombs along the way. But uh, we don't know that until uh, we heard. Uh, we, you hear that from uh, on his side. Well, as we know, of course, the, we all know for sure that there was definitely some things going on. You know, we, of course, we always want to find out as much as we can, but unfortunately, we also know that there's a lot of things we will not find out. But one thing's for sure is that when when we hear the words Mark Wilmots, you know, and talking about Iranian football, we know that this right away brings a really sour taste in our mouth. So obviously, I'll move uh, forward a little bit with that. And recently, when I saw one of your Instagram posts, I believe it was also, according to one of your posts, it was revealed that Iran will also have to play their remaining 
home World Cup qualifiers at a neutral venue, possibly Oman or Malaysia. I mean, is there? Is there? It sounds like there's really is a lot of validity to this statement. Um. Yes. Um. That was a that was a decision made by AFC, and then after that, there were some negotiations made between Iran Football Federation and AFC. And they seem to have scrapped uh, that idea for national team games, at least. But they are keeping the fact that Iran has to play the um, the home games at home uh, to neutral cities. But then with the coronavirus uh, spreading around uh, in Iran as well, that has a factor as well that we have to wait and see. But for now, national team games, apparently, it is promised by AFC that it's going to be um, held in the uh, for the home game, it's going to be held in Iran. Well, one thing's for sure is that we definitely want Iran to be able to play three of the final four qualifiers at home at Azadi Stadium. And of course, with those losses against Bahrain and against Iraq, you know, the fact is Iran needs to win all four final qualifiers. And the bottom line is that, you know, coming to Azadi Stadium, let's just, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, but the truth is that. You know, us TMLE fans, we want Azadi Stadium to be a living hell for Bahrain and Iraq. Wouldn't you say so? Yes, definitely. Yes, I really hope so that uh, people come and cheer for uh, Iran national team as much as possible. Um, because these are the do and die matches for Iran. And, you know, as we're getting closer to winding down this edition of TMLE Talk, I feel like the main... Um, the main subject of this edition is, you know, we want to call this a reality check. And, you know, I'm not one who wants to go ahead and be negative. I definitely never like looking for excuses. But let's think about this for a moment. We do realize that there's not a lot of optimism about Team Ali because of the current situation. I mean, we already know it's horrible that Iran lost two matches in, this, in only the second round of qualifying. And as you know, you mentioned, as I remember talking about what you wrote in your article about foreign coaches leaving, you know, just the situation in Iran being a disaster. So would you say that like, you know, like we said, hypothetically speaking, if Iran were to miss out on the 2022 World Cup, do you feel that this would be maybe the only time for Iranian football fans to have an excuse for missing out on the tournament? Um, excuse? Um, honestly, the excuse would be mismanagement by Iran football that's the only thing they can't blame it on honestly because from the moment that first of all they could argue that why would Iran Football Federation led to the situation that Carlos Queiroz left the country uh, even if um, he left the country for Colombia and they couldn't avoid it or anything like that why they um why they, they took months in order to hire a coach, Wilmot, which he was not the best, an ideal replacement um, for a national team jo- uh, coaching job, and all the stories that happened afterwards, and why at this point we are hiring a foreign coach who is not even in comparison to Wilmot or even Carlos Kairos. So the whole mis- they can only blame you know, football federation and the mismanagement at that level if we don't qualify to work up. And, you know, like you said, you, you got to my next question, I guess, and the thing, this, of course, involves Iran's current head coach, Dragan Skocic. So, you know, he's the new head coach of Iran. You know, you mentioned in your blog that he was not the first choice. And you also, you know, you even just mentioned right now that, you know, you, you said that he's less qualified than, than even Mark Wilmot's. 
I mean, from my point of view, I'm glad that Dragon Skocic is the coach just because, you know, Wilmots was such a disaster. And, you know, I don't really give Wilmots much credit, you know, from what he did as head coach of Belgium because he had some of the best players in the world. And having said all that, are you okay with Dragan Skocic as head coach of Team Ali, the national team of Iran? Um, I'm skeptical, to be honest, because uh, from an um, experience point of view, he hasn't led any um, national team before. So he doesn't have even a national team coaching experience. Whereas if you, if you compare to Wilmot, at least he had experience uh, with Belgium national team. Sure, he worked with one of the best um, and brightest um, stars um, of Belgian football. And that's completely valid. But at least he had that experience. But um, Scorchers only has experience at legal and club level. And that's very different than national team level and World Cup qualifiers. And um, at the same time, he has been to different um, club teams, managing different club teams, and he hasn't actually led them to um, the top of the league or even runner-up. It, it has always been fifth or sixth uh, in the standing, so it hasn't been any like spectac- spectacular result or anything like that. So I'm, spect- um, I'm um, not really hopeful that he will be a, a good choice um, compared to the previous two choices we had. Uh, but the only thing that stands out is at least he's uh, familiar with our football. That's the only edge he has compared to Wilmot, for example. He's familiar with the players. He's familiar with the league. And that's all. That's the only advantage he has, I think, in my opinion. Nilofar, I would just like to thank you for taking the time to come on Team O'Malley Talk. It really was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Arthur. It was great uh, talking to you and uh, uh, wish you all the best at uh, Team O'Malley Talk. And I'm a big fan of your work as well at Team O'Malley Talk. Thank you very much. And to all our listeners, if you would like to check out Nilofar Momeni's work, please do so right away. You can access her football blog. It is womenforfootball.com. And please give her a follow on Instagram. Her handle is at Nilofar Kia. Is that correct, uh, Nilofar? Yes, that's right. Yes. Excellent. Once again, Nilofar, thank you for joining us. And that's it for this edition of TMLA Talk. Thank you, everybody, for the support. Really do appreciate it. Make sure you check out our website, TMLATalk.com. You can also check out our Tumblr blog. Make sure you follow us on social media. You know the handle, at Talk. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be on the lookout on YouTube for our newest upcoming videos on Team LA Talk. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm your host, Artif Tehari. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is Omi Nazari, and uh, you are listening to Team LA Talk.